Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Hey guys, so today we've got the second episode of our Emerging Talent Series. We're speaking to Jack Kulikin, formerly of Gonzaga and currently playing rugby with UCD. So we chat to Jack about his rugby role models, talked to him about the Leinster Schools Senior Cup and striking the balance between the physical requirements and also the educational demands of being in school. Uh, we also talk about rugby and injuries, so his own injury history playing the sport and also his thoughts on the current rates in the sport as a whole. So... As per usual, you can check out more on this episode and all of our other episodes on sleepeatperformerpeat.com. So, hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of our Sleepy Performer Pete podcast. Uh, today we are speaking with Jack Kulikin. Uh, so, thanks Jack for coming. And together with my host, David Clancy, we will be uh, questioning Jack on all things related to high performance. So, I'll pass over to David to uh, introduce Jack for us. So, hello everybody. So like I said, it's Jack Kulikin, who's a 17-year-old rugby player in his final year of school with Gonzaga in Dublin. He's actually just featured in the Leinster Senior League Cup final, having actually never made it to the final before that school. It was the first time they played at that level, playing against St. Michael's in the RDS, which was a real high point for Jack's young career thus far. He's been playing rugby for eight years, predominantly number eight, but he's also played second row. And he's also a big fan of Ultimate Frisbee, it seems. (laughs) He's also on the cusp of Leinster development squads, having had recent trials, and he's been in the underage Ireland under-18 setup. He's very much seriously considering playing at the highest level, so very much interested in hearing what performance means to him, and obviously discussing his injury history, as unfortunately he's been plagued by several injuries over the last couple of years, and that's how we actually know him in the first place. Perfect. So we'll, we'll start off with a nice, easy uh, rugby-related one for you here, Jack, to ease you into it. Uh, playing at the moment, so currently playing, who would you say are your rugby role models, either as a team or as an individual? Um, I know myself, certainly, always looked up to Sean O'Brien. Uh, he was always someone whose game I tried to emulate and just, like, his pure destructive nature on the pitch was kind of incredible to watch. Um, himself, and actually Luke Fitzgerald was always a favourite of mine growing up as well. Uh, well... Still have a lot to grow up, but like when I was younger, uh, I always found him playing it amazing. Like the exciting rugby players obviously always caught my eye um, on the pitch as well. Like really trying to kind of wanted to be a backup for a while because of Luke Fitzgerald. But yeah, Sean O'Brien and just kind of more lately, I can kind of relate to him with his whole injury profile and just how he's constantly having to come back and constantly getting set back. Um, so yeah, he'd be someone I definitely look up to. Have you ever had the opportunity of meeting somebody like Sean O'Brien or someone who you look up to as a role model or a mentor face to face? I met CJ Stander, I think, one or two years ago. I wasn't wasn't a proper meeting or anything. I met him after a Monster Treviso match, just got a quick photo. Um, but I've never gotten a chance to actually properly sit down and have a conversation with one uh, uh, professional player, really. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so I suppose an interesting one for me, having worked with yourself and a couple of other players along your team this year, Leinster Schools, you know, 
it's a very competitive environment and it's it's not professional but in essence it is professional in in the way you do things and your diligence and work ethic and determination to train and stay fit and then feature and play in very competitive games throughout the year well how does that impact on your education your academic background because you know in your final year of school you might want to pursue third level education in college how does playing and having to commit to so much training and games impact on education obviously the the time it takes up could be viewed as a negative but i think there are definitely pros and cons to it because the sheer self discipline that you know playing rugby at a high level requires you to have is obviously like beneficial to time management with regards to school and just academics and the more generally practical sides of your life um so yeah you can definitely say i mean if you're training sometimes twice a day maybe six days a week that's time you're not spending studying and that's time that's making you physically and mentally tired so maybe the stuff you do afterwards will be less productive but um actually having like an outlet is definitely helpful i know some people who are kind of stuck inside at the books all day and they want to go out and do something take a break but they don't really have anything and that's a cause of frustration um whereas you already have those blocks of the day that are already set out for kind of not studying um so if you can if you can manage to get back inside and get the work done i think it it actually be viewed more as a positive but if you don't really have the self discipline to go back inside and hit the books as well as some some might then you know that 3 hours of your day that's gone certainly isn't helpful um i know myself struggled a little bit with time management this year um but yeah i think there're definitely ups and downs associated with it this was a lot of those qualities personal qualities that a lot of young and old people would aspire to such as work ethic character yeah. resilience commitment planning organization all those sort of things you've probably learned through osmosis over the last couple of years having had to balance education with then high level rugby and school so i commend you on that one yeah thanks very much and um, you've a big couple of months coming up jack in terms of obviously you're leaving certs uh, and yeah. all that comes with that moving out to college all those kind of things what mm-hmm. do you think will influence your decision either positively or negatively in terms of sticking with rugby i wouldn't even consider it much of a decision at this stage I, I, i'm very much uh, keen on continuing playing rugby but um i suppose there are a few things that could influence it like h- how the leaving cert goes or whatever depending on like what my plans are for the next year if if all goes to plan i do head off to college then you know that could influence where i want to play depending on what what college I end up going to if I do go um let's say it doesn't go so well and I have to repeat or something like that that obviously has to be factored in because I have another I would have another leaving cert to do and that would involve the whole time management fiasco again um so yeah there's that and then there's obviously if I do play rugby over the summer which is a hope of mine um that'll affect decision making as to how the whole thing will proceed Um so yeah those be kind of probably the the main things that would influence the decisions I'd have to make. Okay, perfect. And we've got a a topical one for you now. Okay. Uh concussion obviously very big in rugby at the moment in all aspects both underage uh up to right up to senior level. What is your kind of understanding of concussion in terms of it as a as a diagnosis the management structures around it are you aware of the kind of procedures that are in place or is that something that you kind of leave to the professionals and you you don't think about or is it something that kind of is very much prevalent in your in your thinking um i definitely wouldn't just kind of leave it to the professionals and not think about it at all but at the same time i wouldn't you know 
act like I know more than I do. Um, I've had two myself um, in, over the rugby career. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I certainly have a little bit of first-hand experience, neither of which were too bad, obviously, um, seeing as I'm still playing. But I think how they're looked after has improved drastically like in recent times um, with the with the whole return to play protocol the 21 days or 23 days or whatever it is they're like strictly adhered to at this stage and with the referees on the pitch if there's even an inclination of a head injury you're off the pitch um, however frustrating that may be it's definitely for the best because at the end of the day you know one game is one game you want to play for as long as you can and if you're playing on with a niggle in the head or something like that it's just it's not the smart thing to do so I'd say it has gotten a lot safer, um, and it's yeah, it's it's definitely something that I wouldn't just like look at and assume that whatever's that the right thing's constantly being done. Like if you think something's wrong, you're gonna say it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's something you think about every now and then, especially seeing as you're at risk yourself. Yeah, 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 perfect. Um, so that's probably a scene that you, as you mentioned, you've had two concussions. Probably a good time to tee up your injury history yeah. at this stage. So David's obviously. Bit more familiar with that than, than myself, so I'll, I'll hand over to uh, to David on that one. Well, I suppose if someone walked down the street and they saw you, you know, in a shirt or jacket, they go, "There's a big, strong fella. I'm sure he's pretty robust and he can take a fair battering on the rugby pitch." Yeah, and that would have been my first thing I would say. But here's a, a rugby player who's on the cusp of making that next step to the highest level. But you've had ankle injuries. You know, you've had ankle mm. surgery. You've obviously had some issues with both shoulders. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested into, you know, why is that? What's the mechanism behind it? Is it, you know, do you think it's tackling? Is it, is it bad luck? Is it, is it a lack of strength and conditioning knowledge? Because looking at you, you're a big guy, you know, you're nearly six foot five, you're about 100 kilos, you're packing on weight, you're getting stronger. So what's the reason that you've had injury affect your ability to be consistently playing? Um, well, I've had, I've had an injury profile kind of, my entire life as long as I've played sports I've always I've never been just like had a full season where nothing went wrong um, earlier on it was mostly growth related I mean I was I was always tall um, I was always pretty big so that led to getting Severs disease in my in my heels and Achilles and then I got I think Osgood Schlatter's in my knee so um, there was like, always like they were always, <laughs> oh really exactly the yeah. same they were. Uh, they, I always had growth injuries, and I kind of they kind of left me weak, as well. Um, so despite being bigger and often actually stronger than other people relative to my size, I think I was just that little bit more vulnerable. Um, and like you say, I mean, someone could look at me now and think, "Oh yeah, you can probably take a beating," but you know, evidently not. Uh, I mean, as you said there, nearly 100 kilos or whatever, about six foot four, but I am 17, which is not. A normal age to be that size now obviously they're freaks of nature who are much bigger and stronger than me or whatever but at the same time um i think that definitely is one of the reasons why i have such a such a susceptibility to injuries just due to the fact that i'm not fully there yet but i'm putting my body through so much attrition all the time is yeah. that something you ever think about when you play or you know you've been injured do you just leave it aside and then you're back in your first game back and just forget it and you you're the same jack you know, after, before the injury or, you know, is this always, is there a chip on your shoulder there? You're, you know, you're building mental strength and resilience all the time, but does this all just feed into the animal more that I'm going to play better and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to come back better all the time? 
it definitely puts a much bigger value on the time I actually spent playing. Because if I've just spent, like last summer, I was out for whatever, six or seven months, get my ankles done. And when I came back, I was like, right, you don't know when it's going to happen next. Make the most of this. And you know, thankfully, we did make the most of it this year and I enjoyed every single second of it. But yeah, no, it definitely, definitely, definitely makes me appreciate it more seeing as, you know, I know just how quickly and brutally it can be taken away from me without my, you know, away from my control. So, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate being able to play more and kind of gives me a little bit more fire to actually get motivated and play as well as I can rather than just like letting it pass me by. Um, yeah. Okay, and, and having an injury history like you have, what level of motivation does that give you to go in above and beyond the strength and conditioning that your teammates are doing? Or do you feel that you need that or do you feel that kind of the level you're at is kind of, it's just kind of bad luck and no matter what you do, uh, can't prevent a, a freak kind of accident on the pitch where someone lands on you awkwardly, something like that. There's a certain amount of, you know, freakiness associated with some of my injuries. Um, but then some of them as well, I'd say definitely could have been prevented. And that's something I've become very aware of. I'd say I'm far more aware than a lot of my peers of how to prevent injuries. Um, definitely some more aware than me. I'm not going to pretend that I <laughs> know the most. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be very aware of like, if I have something up, if I have a little niggle, I'm not content to just, you know, oh, I'm sure it'll sort itself out as a lot of my peers would be. Like I remember several con conversations I had with teammates throughout the year, kind of they're, you know, pulling up with a sore hamstring or something like that. And I'm always, I always ask them, what's up with that? Oh, I'm sure it'll be grand. I'd be the first to say, you should get that checked out. Cause I know so many times before when I've kind of tried to play on something and it's just gotten worse. I'm, I'm very, very wary at this stage. If something's not right, you don't want to make it worse. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd I'd be kind of very interested in that kind of stuff as well as to like why the kind of things are happening to me that do happen um, and how how I can prevent them. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And you're someone obviously like David has said at the start. You're kind of on the cusp of making it, should we say? <laughs> um, do you have any kind of concerns about the the level of injuries that are in rugby as a sport, or is it just this is the price I'm willing to pay for a sport I love. Um, yeah, no, I, I fully know that were I to, fingers crossed, succeed in, you know, actually going somewhere with a rugby career, that injuries are a very central part of the sport just due to the sport that it is. You know, it's one of the very few sports where you get a chance to actually just get a free shot at someone. So people don't really pass that up. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's kind of... Especially if it's Dublin Monster, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much, you know, hit someone as hard as you can. So obviously people are going to get hurt. Um, that itself wouldn't stop me from it because obviously that's one of the things that made me fall in love with it in the first place. Um, but my own personal kind of longevity would be something that I'd think about as well. Like if someone would say to me, you know, oh, do you want to make it playing rugby? And it's like, if my body can last it, I'd love to. But that would be that would probably be my biggest doubt more so than if I'd be able to in terms of ability wise not to say that I would but like I think it's more likely that I would get injured and not be able to play than not actually be able to due to due to skill or whatever okay, okay. Um, so yeah that would definitely be something I'd be kind of not so much concerned about but aware of okay yeah. and dealing kind of with your peers and uh the, the kind of court that you're playing with at the moment do you think that's a viewpoint that would be in the majority or in the minority minority okay yeah, i doubt very many people would be kind of as anxious or kind of aware of 
injuries with themselves as much as others they kind of if something happens to them it's very much a bad luck thing whereas if it happens to me it's almost an expectation at this stage okay. no I, I've been fortunate to work with some some young rugby players over in the UK and and they had opportunities to travel at your age and play on scholarships so yeah. I can think of two or three young English players that managed to go to California Pennsylvania Kentucky playing rugby so they had a full four-year scholarship in the US different experience so personal professional you know, none of them had even been to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, are you someone, you know, that only wants to play for Leinster? You know, if you already played in the RDS, not many people can say that. Is your aspiration to be the next James Ryan or Devin Toner? Or do you ever see yourself, oh, you know, I, I could travel? No, I think I think very much. I'm, I'm a little bit of a, I'm a, little bit of a home bird anyway. Uh, I don't really fancy going abroad for an extended period of time. Um Obviously, the the allure of going over to California or something is real, but I just yeah, it's always it's always been my dream to just you know, tog out in the blue every every weekend and play in the RDS and maybe even the green in the Aviva someday. And so as as exciting as it might be to go off on a on a four year scholarship with everything everything paid for as much as my parents might want me to do that, um, no, I definitely definitely much rather stay in Dublin. Uh, and Lancer, yeah. So, these are a couple of questions that we've asked several people thus far, and it's something we're really interested in hearing you talk about, Jack. So, what does high performance mean to you, high performance culture? High performance culture, I suppose, reaching your potential. Um, high performance would be kind of you could look at it from an objective point of view or from a relative point of view because high performance to one person could be different to high performance to another. Um, you could have your your average Joe who high performance for is just getting the most out of every gym session they have every week. Where Or you could look at you know someone playing professional sports and high performance for them is being potentially the best in the world at what they do. Um, so, yeah. As a culture, I suppose you'd look more towards the the professional sports aspect because, you know, as a culture, it means you're living it. So spending your life trying to reach your potential in the athletic field is probably probably what high performance culture would mean to me. Yeah, I really like what you said there about saying be the best that you can be. Yeah. Right. I'm never going to be a good gymnast. I'm too tall. Never did it at a young age, maybe like yourself, but yeah. I might be able to be the best physiotherapist because that's yeah. the skill set. That's what I'm passionate about. And exactly, you yeah. could be the best rugby player you want to be because that's what you've grown and you're hungry for and you want mm-hmm. and you can see the energy. So hopefully you get there. <laughs> if, if you've underperformed and we're not relating to injury, how do you get back? You know, if you've lost an edge or you didn't play well in a game and you know you can play better, how do you you know, reground yourself to bounce back for the next training session or match? Um, first thing I do is, what did I do wrong? Um, like, obviously, an awareness of your, what you did wrong is integral to actually, you know, righting that wrong. Um, living in denial helps absolutely no one. So, I'd, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to say I'd be one of the first to recognize when I've made a mistake as long as I know I've made a mistake um, so I definitely I definitely first of all try and figure out what it was then what I should have done instead and quite often I wouldn't be able to know that myself so if that required asking a coach or whatever or if it's related to injury of a physio I would seek help I wouldn't I wouldn't 
have too, I'd like to think I wouldn't have too much pride to just kind of truck on it myself. So yeah, there'd definitely be me trying to figure out what I should have done instead. And then I just try and ensure I never do it again. It, it would take a lot for me to kind of lose motivation to never to just give up. Um, I'd, I'd like to think I'm able to kind of go back and just try and do better, even if it means failing again. Absolutely. Perfect. A bit of an abstract one for you here, Jack, but what would you say your big three are in life at the moment? So that can either be professional, kind of rugby related or personal life. What would you say your big three things are at the moment? Well, that is a pretty abstract question. Um, rugby would up there, for sure. Um, rugby has always been a big part of my life and it's one I hoped, I hoped it will continue to be a big part of my life. That's That's definitely up there. Maybe number one, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm. I really enjoy having people in my life. I'm not much of a of a loner, or I try not to be anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's obviously related to rugby as well. It's a team sport. I've never been much of a person for solo sports. I kind of like the interactions and the relationships you build with people. Um, so people will be up there as well. Um, I suppose going back to almost the high performance culture, but just kind of the whole fulfillment aspect of it, not wasting time and stuff would be a big, a big kind of idea of mine. Like even if, even if I'm not at home doing study or whatever, like I should be for the leading cert, I always try and fill my days so that I'm not wasting my time. Um, so I suppose, yeah, you could have those as the big three, rugby people and fulfillment. Perfect. Very good. Well, thanks a million for coming in to chat to us today, Jack. Very much appreciate no it. It's great to guess that. Great to get the insight of somebody kind of at the other end of their playing career, hopefully about to yeah. start on a good journey of uh, good things to come. Um, one final question before you, before we go. I know David is going to stay a bit quiet on this one because his team are uh, imploding as we speak, but the new NFL season is about to start. Oh, yeah. 49ers, what can we expect from them this year? Big things. Big things. Definitely big things. Yeah. yeah let's, let's hope Jimmy G can stay fit along with the rest of them and... Show show the entire world what they can do. <laughs> Don't rule out Pittsburgh, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks a million, Jack. Thanks for coming in. Thanks very much. All right.